BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Glowdown by Breaking Beauty. Our episode featuring Breaking Beauty news, what products we're loving and not so much, plus insider hair, makeup, and skin tips. And the trends that are blowing up our DMs, we've got the hot takes coming right up. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast. This is a Glowdown episode. Today, we're talking to Samantha Ravendahl. She is a super beauty influencer based in Vancouver, where, Jill, you had a chance to sit down with Sam. Yeah, we were in my hotel room, yes. and it was a snowstorm outside in Vancouver, which is very rare. Yeah. City does not know how to deal when there when there's <laughs> even the slightest hint of snow in Vancouver. Were there emergency vehicles about? Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Um, but yeah, no, she was nice enough to come downtown and connect with me while I was there for a few days for work. And I was just really excited, honestly, to talk to Sam. Um, She's a professional makeup artist who's made it huge as a YouTuber. She has 930,000 subscribers on YouTube, 2.2 million Instagram followers. She just turned 26 and she started creating content in 2013. And that year she had 2000 followers on Instagram, on Instagram, went to 10,000 in the course of a month and went to 1 million within a year. It's really unheard of. That's outstanding. So people are like studying everything this girl does. Yeah. And she is a fellow Canadian and I think she has just gained a reputation for brutal honesty. In Mm -hmm. fact, when she was featured in Vanity Fair, an online article last year, the headline was meet the beauty blogger who's made a career out of brutal honesty. Yeah. And um, she's also made headlines in Women's Wear Daily, in the Daily Mail, and she just really connects with her audience because of her unfiltered approach. Yeah, she's kind of a badass. Mm -hmm. In December of 2018, she did an entire video announcing that she would no longer be accepting PR samples from brands anymore. No free products. Thousands of dollars worth of products a month. She was like, no more. Yeah. And I think you and I, Carlene, as editors, we worked in magazines for many years. You do get sent PR Mm -hmm. products for editorial consideration. We have a disclaimer in our show notes every single episode on this podcast that we do receive press samples for consideration. Mm -hmm. So almost everything that we talk about, a lot of it we do get for free Mm -hmm. and that we consider as part of our jobs as beauty reporters and beauty editors. Um, Samantha, you know, being a makeup artist, she was just tired of the clutter and Mm -hmm. she was finding it was bogging her down in every which way. She has a whole video about it. You can watch it. Um, But But you you ask her about yes. it too. It's a huge backlash, shockwaves in the in the whole industry and um and the follow-up. Like I was yes. so curious to hear 
what would this do to her relationship with publicists? Yes. Would they be thinking, okay, you don't want to, are you anti-brands? You know, um, how yeah. would, she, how was she even just financially going to get this done? Yeah. And I asked her what her last Sephora receipt is because now she's purchasing everything. So that's a, a little teaser for you. Yeah. So we've got all of that in this episode. And one thing I think we really need to note is just, Samantha's skills as a makeup artist you know she did go to school for professional makeup artistry but if you look at her Instagram like I love these moments that she has where she uses special effects yeah so you might see her face where she's got two sets of eyes instead of one you know it's kind of like that Gucci-esque surrealist vibe Mm -hmm. but she's just really good at that so she's not just a pretty girl in jean shorts and a leather jacket that's right it's like she's got mad skills she has mad skills and she takes a stance on things this year in 2019 she just announced she's also no longer photoshopping her body photos Mm -hmm. yeah and i asked her about that too and body positivity is really important to her and acne positivity too she's really open about struggling yeah with her skin and uh yeah she made me laugh on the weekend because she screen grabbed or she wrote out every single tip and trick everyone has ever suggested to her like Mm -hmm. she never she'll just post a picture and she has her acne on her face and she never asks people for input but they'll all dm her have you tried giving up dairy (laughs) what about accutane yeah and then she said the number one thing is people are like did you try the apricot scrub from saint ives oh my god and she like loses her mind (laughs) so she's not asking for input but she is putting everything out there and i have to say you mentioned her instagram and her youtube my favorite platform to follow her on is Twitter. Right. She's one of the only beauty influencers on Twitter that is weighing a in on... A non-visual platform. Yeah, weighing in on everything. Follow, Do yourself a favor and follow her on there as well. Yeah, it's so true. I think that's what's great about her as a content creator is that not only is she ha- does she have the skills as a makeup artist and she looks great or she's going to give you something to look at and think about, but she's got an opinion. Mm-hmm. And she definitely spills the tea in this episode. One thing I think you guys are going to want to stay tuned until the end to hear is what she's planning to do next in her career. Mm-hmm. Should influencer Armageddon ever happen the way that everyone's speculating? She has a plan. Something's in the works and she's going to tell us all about it. We, of course, get all of, all of her favorite top shelf products, too. A lot of it is exclusive content for our Instagram. So follow us at Breaking Beauty Podcast. And I ask her about the product she has in her purse. I make her spill her bag out. You'll be shocked what was in there and answer some of your listener questions. Okay. Well, without further ado, here she is. It's Samantha Ravendahl. So we have Samantha Ravendahl in the house. Did I say that right? You did. Okay. Yes. Um, Surprise. Well, I listened to it a few times to make sure I got (laughs) it right. Fact fact checking just in the loop, like your name. Um, So tell everybody about yourself. If they're not familiar with your amazing YouTube channel, your amazing content creation on Instagram, tell everybody a little bit about you. So I am a social media influencer. I work in the beauty space. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was originally kind of a makeup artist, was freelancing. I was working on and off for Mac and another like boutique makeup store. Um, And then I started doing Instagram full time, maybe like five or six years ago and then started on YouTube maybe four years ago. So I know that you are professionally trained makeup artist. So tell everybody about that and how you decided to go to like makeup school. Okay, so I didn't know what I wanted to do for a while, but I was always really like involved in art. I love drawing, painting, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, when I was in grade 10, I went to IMATS mm-hmm. for the first time, which is like a makeup trade show. Yeah. And 
I was just like so blown away. I was so inspired. And I came home and immediately applied for a makeup school. Um, I got accepted while I was still in grade 11. And then I had to wait until I graduated. And then like two weeks after I graduated, I moved to Vancouver from Kelowna. And uh, I started makeup school. I was like 18 and just started working from there kind of thing. So what, what does it entail to apply to a makeup school? If people are listening out there and that's maybe something they want. And do you do a portfolio? What did you do? Um, No. So my school, it's it's honestly just like it's such an expensive like trade for some reason to get. Yeah. Like my school is like $20,000 to get into, which is just crazy for like nine months at the time my course was. Um, But we had to write a little essay. I had to get reference letters because I was from out of town. So I got some reference letters and stuff like that. Uh, But we didn't really do a portfolio. I think I sent them photos just because like I wanted to like flex. (laughs) <laughs> check out my makeup but um but I don't think it was a requirement it was pretty yeah okay I did read one thing and I don't know if you can elaborate <laughs> on it but that you so you graduated makeup school and you had a job that maybe oh, yeah. didn't end so well <laughs> yeah 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 tell us about that um okay so I was working at this boutique makeup store and uh it was the worst uh in so many ways but I uh I ended up getting fired from my job and so that was sort of like the beginning of my social media career I was living at home with my parents Mm -hmm. and um I was just I was paying attention to what was going on and I had like 2,000 followers at the time and I just I was saying to my parents I was like there's no way that all these like 20 somethings 30 somethings Mm -hmm. are devoting this much time to this Mm -hmm. unless somebody's getting paid yeah and I was like I just I want a month to try and figure out how people are doing this if I can do it and like if after that month it's like not working out then like I whatever and so then after that month I was at 10,000 followers and after that year I was at a million you get fired this is like a pivotal moment you're going you're looking at what's happening in the environment on YouTube and on Instagram with content creation uh, with makeup artists and you're Mm -hmm. thinking I could do that I don't even know I don't even know that it was like that intentional Mm -hmm. I was like I want to figure it out Mm -hmm. But I don't know that I was, like, planning on this being, like, my long-term profession or anything. It just, it like, it literally just happened. I feel like everyone says that. But the industry really formed around the influencers at the time. Because, like, come to find out, people actually weren't making money. <laughs> like, no brands were really involved at that time. Like, people just weren't putting money in other than, like, tea brands. I enjoyed the ability to be able to like post and connect with people. And I thought it was really cool the brands that were getting involved like Anastasia and stuff. I just thought that was such a unique way to like bridge the gap between consumer and brand. Mm -hmm. And it felt so much more accessible. Like you could really talk to these brands like almost like you would talk to anyone else over social media. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was so just like enthralling for me basically. So I was really just like hooked on just trying to grow and the money came way, way later. Yeah, because no one was- was It always does when you have to get into it for the passion first, right? Yeah. So do you remember what your first video or content that you created was for Instagram or YouTube? I remember there's like a few like specific things that I remember because they were like pivotal. So the one thing I did this makeup for Halloween that was like a pop art zombie. Mm -hmm. The first thing that happened with it was that a bunch of people on Instagram were recreating it, which fine. That was cool. And then little Kim... (laughs) took that photo and used it as album art. Right. So then we entered into a legal battle about that, which was so bizarre. I remember telling my parents, I was like, I was like, yeah, like, I'm like gonna sue little Kim. And they were like, okay. <laughs> like they they literally like didn't even like pro- they were just like, all right, sure. Yeah. Um, but that happened and then now like 
Spirit Halloween, like that brand, they yeah. have the exact same design wow. as like a makeup kit. So that is one thing that sticks out to me. And then what did you learn from that experience as an artist? Uh, that no one's looking out for you basically. <laughs> like, and, and, and honestly, like it doesn't, I think that, I think that where a lot of like smaller and like younger influencers that are just kind of getting into it, I think what they feel to realize is that these brands don't actually care about them. Mm-hmm. Nobody actually like, not nobody cares about you, but the brands don't because it's a business. And like, I think that so many people just get so caught up in the language and stuff like that. But that experience to me was like, not only do people not care that this happened, but like her fans, so to speak and stuff like that, but they didn't care. Mm -hmm. Like, even though I was saying like, this is so like, and at the time too, I like had asked them to like pay me for it. And it was like peanuts. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I wanted like 150 bucks or something. And they said, no, wow, because they just, they wanted, they, they knew that I couldn't do anything. And so they took advantage of that fact, basically. And that's just basically what that taught me is that I was like, no one's going to be looking out for me. I have to be smart enough to figure this out for myself and figure out, like, you know, in this this business of being an influencer, like, I have to figure out the business. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's not just about makeup. And, like, mm-hmm. as much as I wanted it to be at one point, it's not. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But you have to be smarter than just like hoping for the best and hoping that everyone's on your side and whatever kind of thing because no one is. <laughs> yeah. And what happened with the lawsuit? Uh, nothing. She was like, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this actually, but I, she was like super broke basically. And um, nothing happened. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you got a million followers in a year on Instagram. How did that come about? It was so much easier back then. Mm-hmm. It's such a, it was honestly like such a different game because at the time everyone had the same explore page. Yeah. So if you got to the explore page, it was just massive. Mm -hmm. Like you would just have such an influx of followers and like all of these brands. Like I remember when I started, when Anastasia first reposted me, she had 500,000 followers. So like these brands were so much more accessible. Yeah. Um, The likelihood of them seeing you was so much more like likely and just just everything everything about it the algorithm um the explore page thing the ability to be seen was so much simpler and i i do think that like i got in at a very very good time could i do it again maybe yeah but like not as simply as i did it before mm-hmm. what's your most popular video to date I, th- I think it's a boyfriend does my makeup tag okay oh no boyfriend buys my makeup i think is the top one and then i think it's like a victoria's secret makeup thing which i've been meaning to do another one because like, i don't know why those do so well the no pr video now is like getting up there in views and mm-hmm. a glossier review people love glossier <laughs> reviews so that's your most popular video why do you think why do you think it is the one about your boyfriend buying your makeup oh uh, because people like to know more personal things mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i think is the biggest thing like it's funny because everyone's like we want tutorials we want tutorials but that's not like what really gets views like it's, it's interesting it, it is like about like your personal life and stuff like that so I think that's probably why yeah. and tag videos yeah um so like your whole no filter approach really I mean I feel like it was timing where you really took off but I think your approach just seems so fresh and different where everybody else was like I'm PR friendly and they'll you know write anything positive or say positive stuff about brands to just get free shit yeah and I don't think you were ever about that where does that quality in you come from is there somebody that sort of inspired that or a person or a life event I just feel really strongly about like the fact that I want to I want to be myself and I want that to be like more normalized Mm -hmm. because I think that so many people I I just hated I hated growing up and being told well you can't do this and you can't say this and whatever kind of thing and even when I got fired my dad said to me he was like I was like, this is so unfair that I got fired for this. And he was like, well, that's business. 
But I was like, why? Why is that business? Why is it okay for people to step on toes? Why is it okay to be a piece of shit company that's doing things that are horrible and whatever? Like, why is this so normalized? Mm -hmm. But being you, which is also flawed and also has good things about it, why is that so, you know, taboo kind of thing? So I, I honestly just feel like I'm growing up. I'm an adult. I'm going to change my views on things. I'm going to have things that are more important to me and things that are less important to me as time goes on. Mm -hmm. And I, I want my content to reflect that because I really don't like the idea of this, this notion of like, you're a sellout or you've changed or what. Of course I have. Mm -hmm. Of course I've changed. <laughs> and I'm completely different from how I was when I was like a teenager. Mm -hmm. And that's what should be expected. And so I like, I like the idea of being able to shift my content. Are your parents just like, have they always instilled in you? Like, Sam, you can do anything you want. I don't know. My parents are like very like blue collar. Like yeah. they're very like no job is like beneath them kind of thing. And my parents were always like, you can do whatever you want. But they're more so the people of like, well, this is just the way the world is. And sometimes it's not fair and sometimes whatever. And like, mm -hmm. I'm like, I want justice. <laughs> I, I don't want to say, OK, it just is. So it, yeah. so I just have to be OK with that. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be like just how it is. So if there's things that I'm like, OK, I'm not I don't care about fighting this. There's other things that I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, I'm, it's not going to be just that for yeah. me. Yeah. My next question, I want to dive into this no PR thing. So the one of the last videos you did in 2018 created such a huge stir online. It was all about just say no to like flood of PR. And it was such a huge deal that Women's Wear Daily did a story about it. I feel like there was tons of articles in the UK. Did you ever expect that kind of like shockwave? I was surprised that it made a ripple with brands because the video I was kind of expecting to go one way or the other with subscribers. And I was thinking brands might kind of be like, okay cool or be like how offensive <laughs> um but like I wasn't really expecting brands to like listen to that and from like what we've been hearing just like feedback mm -hmm. is like it has been like a topic of conversation I'm mm -hmm. super shocked but like I I wasn't really expecting it because it is just the status quo and everyone is just so okay with saying well that's just how it is you know yeah. whatever kind of thing but I am glad. Mm -hmm. I'm happy about it. And I think further to that conversation is like, I think a lot of people get into YouTube and Instagram content creation because they want the free shit. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and they almost can't fathom that you're like shutting it down, you know? Yeah. Um, I think the um, viewers feel that way as well. Mm -hmm. Like they, there was some people being like, well, you're so ungrateful. And I'm like, I'm not ungrateful. I just, mm -hmm. I, I, I have the means to purchase these products myself mm -hmm. at the cost of way less waste, mm -hmm. way less of my time being spent on something like this that's mm -hmm. supposed to be a free part of my job, so to speak. You know, it's not free. Yeah. It comes at the cost of the environment. It comes at the cost of me having to get someone to haul my shit away every month and like driving to and from FedEx and UPS and the post office and what I'm like, it's, it's not, it was taking up so much time mm -hmm. <laughs> for something that was supposed to be free. Yeah. Um, and, and I honestly feel like my content has changed so much in a positive way from not mm -hmm. receiving PR mm -hmm. where that was probably my biggest concern. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So what's your process now? Tell us how you're creating content. And my process now is going shopping. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like now I actually have my finger on the pulse more than when I like was accepting PR mm -hmm. because I'm having to do the same thing that customers do. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm having, I'm having to go into Sephora and see what's new 
but I'm also thinking you're gonna be like VIB Rouge plus plus, <laughs> yeah, plus. Yeah. <laughs> let's see how much you can spend yeah more. truly are you gonna budget for makeup this year I truly wish I was a budgeter um <laughs> I am so not a budgeter I I very much dislike any kind of structure <laughs> no is, Excel spreadsheets no which no. is why I'm in the job that I'm in probably <laughs> um but yeah I, I'm not like a budgeter at all but I try I'm trying to be it is really crazy like the reality of I'll spend $400 but $10 in shipping I'm like appalled by <laughs> and I think that that is like really the experience of the customer because yeah. and and that's what's kind of neat about it as well is that like I do get to see that because mm -hmm. before like I was just talking about this product being like the packaging's nice the formula's nice the packaging's nice the formula's crap whatever kind of yeah. thing but you do start to experience those things like, holy shit, like this person's charging me $30 shipping to Canada yeah. on top of the fact that I have to pay duties and the exchange mm -hmm. rate. Mm -hmm. And so it's like something that was $30 ends up becoming a hundred yeah. after it's all said and Such done. Such a bummer. <laughs> Poor Canada. <laughs> yeah, I know. We really get the short end of the stick. <laughs> we really do. It's so <laughs> sad. But I think that, you know, like that, it's it's such a interesting, like, change of like process but I have not budgeted it yeah I'm just living that's life. fair that's fair how do you stay motivated to find new ideas and keep uploading that's such a good question um I don't know I think like motivation is so different for every person but for me like I really I have to stay engaged myself because I think that a lot of people are trying to figure out how to engage the audience mm -hmm. but I'm trying to figure out how to engage my own like mood yeah um because it's really hard it's really hard when like you are essentially your own business mm -hmm. and like I'm the face of my business. I'm the voice of my business. So if I'm in a bad mood and I'm not feeling it and I'm not engaged, my content reflects that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a lot less about trying to grow my channel and try more about trying to grow myself because when I get excited about something, like I get excited about the idea of trying to cut down on waste that reflects in my content mm -hmm. When I get excited about the idea of trying to, you know, use up more of my own products, that reflects in my content. And so mm -hmm. I think that it's more about, I, I just, I get so bogged down and so tired by trying to assess what the next trend is going to be, mm -hmm. what tag video is going to do the best, what my followers want to see. Because I really believe, like, they come for the content and they stay for the person. Mm -hmm. And so if you are enjoying it and you're happy and you are having fun with it kind of thing, the content is going to be more enjoyable. Whereas mm -hmm. the videos that I film on a bad day, it's noticeable mm -hmm. and people don't like it. That was another question I had for you. It's like, I noticed last year when all of that YouTube drama was going down with like people getting $60,000, people being paid mm -hmm. to not um, talk about, to talk <sighs> negatively about competitors. <laughs> yeah. And it was almost like, in that instance, you couldn't help yourself. Like you needed. I truly to. couldn't. Like right now, I'm like, do you have a few hours? Because like I still. Is it still? Oh my god, a thorn in your side. Absolutely. Like, yeah. There's some things that like I just truly <laughs> like I can't let go, and I honestly can't keep my mouth shut about it because like I just this is something that I've had to tone down a lot because when I first started. I was like this and this and this and this person and like I I just I wanted everyone to know everything that I knew mm -hmm. because. I hate being naive. Mm -hmm. I hate only knowing half of the story. And that is literally what the internet is. Everyone gets half the story and they think that they are like literally the CEO of these companies because they know one thing about manufacturing mm -hmm. and they just 
run with it. And like, that's what I said to Marlena was this lady that Mm -hmm. had put out this video that sparked this whole conversation Mm -hmm. saying she owns this company called Makeup Geek. And she she started this conversation by saying that influencers charge $60,000 for a video with no other context. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's not realistic. That's the top tier influencers that are Mm -hmm. charging that kind Mm -hmm. of amount. And there's literally thousands of people that aren't charging anywhere near that. Mm -hmm. But you you put that figure out there. Yeah. And people apply it to absolutely everybody in this in this industry. Mm-hmm. And that's so unfair. Like yeah. you're not informing people. You're giving them part of the story to to actually play on your agenda. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's irresponsible, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't believe in that. And that's why, like, I even in my reviews and stuff, I like to say to people, do your own research, you know, be a smart consumer. I always like to put, you know, it, the responsibility back on the person mm-hmm. because I can't change. I can't change all these brands around me. I can't change the industry, but I can change what I'm consuming and what I'm doing differently. Mm-hmm. So you should be doing your own research. You shouldn't be taking one thing someone's saying and running with it and thinking that's gospel. Yeah. Like it's just, oh God, truly I could go on. And what's hilarious about that thing with the $60,000, I'm sorry, you're siding with a literal millionaire that's taking your money directly. I'm taking money from the millionaire. You're having your money taken from you yeah you know what I mean and like that's that's what's so hilarious about that whole thing is that I'm like you guys are siding with this woman that was on the on a Forbes list and like nothing against Marlena little bit but like it you know I'm like this is someone who she's not a mom and pop Mm -hmm. she's a huge company she's making tons of money and you guys feel bad for her (laughs) because she doesn't want to spend this advertising budget basically what she's saying she doesn't want to have to pay people yeah to do her advertising mm-hmm, for her mm-hmm. how how backwards is that mm-hmm. but you can spin anything to make people say well yeah yeah that's true yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and then and then they get so up in arms about it and that's mm-hmm. kind of the benefit and the downside of the internet is that mm-hmm. like you are all this information is so accessible but if you're only taking tidbits of it and cherry picking and, and lacing it together to say this is reality mm-hmm. no it's not it's it's one small part of the puzzle so i don't know man you touched on it a little bit before but just about the whole no photoshop sam mm-hmm. in 2019 and going forward yeah what led you to th- to that decision and what's the response been so okay first of all I always felt really strongly about like women's right to edit because I think the thing that's really cool about social media is like it's really the first time that women are able to portray themselves the way that they want to be portrayed versus how a boardroom full of like white old men want them to be portrayed I think that's so cool and so powerful and so I'm I'm totally like all for people editing themselves if they want to because that's your right Mm -hmm. but for me, I was having a conversation with my friend Alyssa and we were talking about how we keep looking back at old photos of ourselves mm-hmm. and being like, oh, I was so skinny. I was so beautiful. My hair was so nice. And comparing ourselves to these photos without acknowledging the fact that we had edited those photos. So this wasn't a body I ever had. This wasn't skin that I ever had or hair that I ever had or whatever. Like I didn't ever at any point in my life own these things so when I'm looking back at these photos comparing myself I'm not looking back being like oh that was a nice photo and that was a fun time I'm comparing myself to something that I created Mm -hmm. and that was really bothering me because I want to be able to look back at photos that are unedited and say I still look good there and I'm still happy and I still had a good day and I think it's just it is because social media has become such a 
like beast, it's fucking hard, man. Like it's hard to just go on Instagram and see all these women looking spectacular in every single way and feeling like, well, my skin doesn't look like that when I put on makeup or my body doesn't look like that in a bathing suit or whatever. It's really hard. It is hard, man. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't envy girls that are growing up right now with Instagram because if that, if I had had Instagram when I was in high school, (laughs) I would have been miserable. Mm -hmm. Like, I just can't even imagine how much that would have impacted my, you know, self-confidence and Mm -hmm. stuff. So I think that for me, I really, really don't like people saying to me, well, you're a role model. You're putting me in that role, not me. I didn't say that. You decided I was a role model. But other people are looking at me being like, yeah, she's she's cool. She does makeup. They're not looking at me as this like pinnacle of whatever. But I think, again, it comes back to personal responsibility. And I'm I'm I don't want to say I'm not doing it for other people, but I'm doing it more for myself. Yeah, that's an important distinction. And I think even like the other thing that's really difficult is like, it's just hilarious the people that we compare ourselves to because like even with influencers and stuff like that, like these people that are at the top mm-hmm. and they're recommending skincare because I've had such a like tumultuous battle with acne. Mm-hmm. And I, I always would say like, I'm like, I don't trust skincare advice from someone that has nice skin because like you've never gone through it basically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, and you know, it's, it's just hard because like people are comparing themselves to these influencers who mm-hmm. are just exorbitantly wealthy. They're getting facials every other week. They have the money to do this and that and the other thing and whatever. Mm -hmm. And people have work done and, you know, they're filtered and whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's not that there's anything wrong with any of those things. Mm -hmm. It's just that in combination, because the the consumer isn't completely informed, they just take what they know and they're like, oh, okay, so this one skincare product is going to change my life Mm -hmm. and I'm going to look like this influencer. Mm -hmm. It's hard. So what are some DMs you've gotten about the Photoshop thing? Are people like, thank you for this? Or like any like that make you like tear up? I think it's like, I feel really glad that like it's making an impact but at the same time I feel so uncomfortable yeah <laughs> like with like because I feel like pe- the things that she's people, clutching her pearls right now <laughs> like, the, the things that people say about me yeah it's so like I feel like I'm like how do I live up to this because yeah. this is your and even like with the PR thing people are like she's eco-conscious and I'm like you don't know anything about me I'm like the only thing you know is that I'm not accepting PR Mm -hmm. and because of waste was like a large part of it but I'm like you don't know what I'm like in my house Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and I think that that's what's I I I love getting this like positive feedback and like hearing how I'm helping people feel better about like their acne and stuff because it is fucking hard it's hard being like a woman and having to go to work and having to be out of the house and whatever when you have acne because it's not like socially accepted Mm -hmm. which is just bizarre but I'm I'm really like glad and I'm happy about that but it is so when people kind of put these <laughs> sort of like labels so to speak on me of like she doesn't do this and she doesn't do this and Sam's so real she's woke I'm like I'm not <laughs> I'm like, don't say that because, <laughs> like, I might make a mistake tomorrow. <laughs> like, and there might be a day where, like, I want to post an edited photo. You yeah. know what I mean? But, like, I think that for me, I, I've always felt stronger about the transparency. And transparency for me doesn't mean, like, perfection. It just means being honest about what's going on in that moment. Yeah. So, yeah, I've Respect. gotten I've gotten lots of good, like, feedback. Okay. Want to know. We're going to move on to a bit of product now. Ooh. Oh, so you collaborated with Mac on your own shade. Mm. What was it called again? It was just called Samantha Ravendahl. Oh, amazing. It was just like a, a really like nice, like nudie. Kind of, I literally have it with me. Um, mm. It's like a nudie kind of pink. It's just like my everyday lipstick, basically. Yeah. That was the time of my life. Yeah. So tell us about what happened. Ugh. How did you link? How did you link up for the opportunity? And then what what were the steps and how did it all come together? They just 
I mean, first of all, I'm so jealous that you interviewed Frank. Yeah. That's like the most incredible thing it took, ever. It took 18 months, but I, we got yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> but I am... Um, I, I grew up loving Mac. Like I'm such a Mac girl at heart. I don't feel like there's ever been a brand that's created that much loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had just reached out and they said that they were doing this collaboration. I think we had gone to lunch together and I was shitting my pants. I was late, which was horrific. I almost like cried because I was like late. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I was so embarrassed. And, um, the lady was like, I'm a crier too. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm not a crier. <laughs> but then, uh, but at that lunch, she said that they were thinking about doing this. They were trying to get into the influencer space. Mm-hmm. And she said that they were thinking about collaborating with people. And I was like, oh my God, amazing. I was like, I have like all these influencers that would be so great. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, we were thinking about doing one with you. And I was like, oh, cool. I was like, even better. Okay, great. Like, And so we had started talking about it kind of thing. And there was a point where it all actually almost didn't happen because there was like another conflicting um, work thing uh-huh. and I was like I knew it was too good to be true mm. I knew it but it really was like something for me that just felt so full circle like yeah. it, it felt like all of my like love and excitement and what really brought me into the world of makeup was just coming to like this head because up until that point people would always be like oh you're doing so well you're you know you have all these followers you have this you have that and I'm like mm, yeah like it just didn't it didn't have any meaning to me because it was so gradual that like I was just like yeah well I've been working towards it so I don't know but that was like oh (laughs) I'm the shit now (laughs) like like, I just thought that was such a cool moment and it was really just like it felt like all my work had paid off and like it was just so so like perfect what's what's happening next what can you tease right here on Breaking Beauty podcast what are you working on to tease no I feel like uh I'm trying to focus less on all of these partnerships and trying to focus more on just like my content mm-hmm. and, and my, you know, growing my channels and, and just getting back to a place where I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing that I feel like I struggle with working with brands is that you always have to adapt to these brands and their messaging and mm-hmm. whatever kind of thing. And I think that that's, that's, <laughs> I struggle with it. Like yeah. I, I struggle when someone says you can't swear and yeah. you have to say this like this and you can't do that and talking don't... points yeah, and kill like, the vibe. They do because for me I'm like that's not why social media works. The parts that I love about my job are just like me being myself, me connecting with people organically, talking about things I'm excited about. And so I'm I'm trying to focus more on that and just doing YouTube videos and getting more consistent and stuff mm-hmm. like that than I am on. And what's your next career goal? Ooh, uh, I would like to start my own brand at some point. I think that'd be really cool. It's like what everyone's doing now. Mm-hmm. But I just think having like the opportunity to have something with more um, longevity, something that's creatively fulfilling in a really different way would be so fun because I'm sure even for you, like as a beauty editor, mm-hmm. it's like so many things going across your desk that you in your mind, you're like, oh, I just know what the perfect bronzer would be. Because yeah. <laughs> like you have so many like formulas and yeah. colors and stuff like that. And you mm-hmm. just, and like for me, working as an artist, and, you know, understanding color in that way and then working and then being a consumer and then being an influencer. It's sort of like I have these three different perspectives and I'm always like, oh, I just need something a little bit more yellow. Yeah. A little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. And so I think it would be really, really cool to be able to like develop products myself because of that. Okay, so here's some listener questions okay. this one's from facebook chat room this is from andrea okay. please ask sam if she would ever want to develop her own line of products we've already covered that and what would the first one be it's a secret okay fair i think cream products though like yeah. i i really feel like there's 
a, a real lack of cream complexion. Mm-hmm. I went into Sephora like just I was like I'm gonna buy every cream bronzer, and there was like one. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> but like I think I think because there's been such an emphasis on like dramatic and mm-hmm. intense and whatever, it's not even that I want it to be like glossier level, mm-hmm. like sheer. It's more so just like. I want things that are like dewy and fresh and yeah. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Well, stay tuned. This is from Renata. She would like to know, will you vlog your wedding? Absolutely not. No? No. I, I really don't. Even when I got engaged, I was like, I don't even want to post it. <laughs> like, I, I don't like, ugh, like, I don't like people feeling like. Um, She's physically cringing right now, yeah. everybody. <laughs> She's, she can't deal. I, I don't like people feeling like they have the inside scoop or mm-hmm. trying to know more mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like the thing for me as well that I've come to really value is that like I don't talk about my relationship a ton. Mm-hmm. I don't post about it a ton. Which actually like my like fiance, he's like sad about it. Like he's like, why don't you ever post photos of me? But I'm like, I don't. You're mine. I'm like, yeah. I don't like posting about these things that are so important to me and like hanging out with these people that I that are friends of mine that mm-hmm. are important to me and whatever. Like I just I want to protect that side because I don't want my life mm-hmm. to become my business because I'm already my business. Right. right. Fair. OK. Rebecca wants to know. She says, I love Sam. Mm-hmm. Has being on a consistent upload schedule changed how you feel about your job? Have you talked to brands about them discontinuing your favorite products? LOL. I harass brands <laughs> daily about discontinuing my favorite products. It's truly my nightmare. Um, anytime that I like am able to like work with a brand face to face and they want to go to lunch, I'm like, so let's talk about that blush you discontinued in 2008. Like I cannot get over it. <laughs> and it's like my whole, it's not things that I'm like, yeah, I like that. It's my holy grails. Right. Um, but uh, what was the question? Yeah. She just wanted to know about it. Oh, if, consistency, if, if, yeah. Consistency right. with your uploading schedule. Um, I don't know if it's that the consistency that's made me enjoy my job more. It's just about not trying to like do the things that I think I should be doing Mm -hmm. or what I think people want or whatever, but what I want and what I am excited about. That's like what's changed the most for me. But consistency is like good because people appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then finally, these are from Twitter because when you posted on Twitter, it fucking exploded. (laughs) (laughs) First of all, why is Sam not my best friend already? I've got to, I've got so many friends. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I do feel like I'm pals with a lot of my subscribers, probably like unhealthily. So this is from Instagram stories from loving Mac. Do you have a favorite go-to spot treatment? Cause I need one spa spot. Oh, spot treatment. Yeah. Um, I've been using tea tree oil lately. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I have a really, really hard time like with like the acne situation mm-hmm. because I feel like there's spot treatments that work to get rid of the acne, but then your my skin gets like so dry and so like cracky afterwards. So I've been trying to basically just like leave it alone. Yeah. yeah. Let it even out. Um, this is from another Instagram story question. How many plants did you kill last year? Okay. How rude. Okay. First <laughs> of all, how dare you? <laughs> Secondly, there was one plant that happened to die in the background of my video. And now I'm being deemed a plant killer. Maybe seven. <laughs> but I have to say, like, people don't understand how much of a jungle my household is. Like, you see approximately three plants. But in that room, I think there's like 12 plants at least like it's just like an amazon in there it's so bad so so like if we're talking percentage wise 
Less than 10%. Okay. That's a good percentage. We live in Canada. It's hard to keep shit alive here. Thank you. Yes. Um, what's more important, brushes or technique? Oh, fuck. Uh, oh, I'd say like 50-50, honestly. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd say 50-50. Yeah. It's a good question. So the next question is from Avery Masson. She says, do you think it's harder or easier to break into YouTube now? Would you me- recommend even trying to do so when you're 25? Oh, 25. Jesus, you're really getting up there in age. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, no, I think that there's like, it's never too late to do anything, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like, is it harder? No, it's different. Like, I I think that if you're smart, and you're diligent, and you're willing to like, bypass that entitlement of feeling like, oh, I've been working for six months, and it hasn't blah, blah, blah. Just do it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if you want to, you will. And that's goes with anything in life. Um, this is from Chewbecca. She says, what's the most important thing to you in terms of makeup? Is it quality, inclusivity, packaging, price? I think it's, I think price is honestly the least important to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm like privileged to be able to say that, but like, I think that packaging is a huge part of it for me because I love the whole experience. The formula itself is important to me because obviously I want it to work. Mm-hmm. And the inclusivity and stuff like that. I mean, I think that for me, it's it's more so just like, how are you not there yet? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I and I think it's almost it's so much less acceptable now yeah. to to not mm-hmm. that, and people see that it works. Like yeah. they see that like not like because honestly, I'm I'm not I'm not subscribing to the idea that any of these brands actually care. Yeah, most of them don't. There's a few, there's a handful that do, mm-hmm. but most of them only care because it's beneficial, but because it's so beneficial, I'm like, why are you not doing this? Yeah. You know, like it's like win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that's important just because it, it makes me question their intelligence. Yeah. Um, and then price comes kind of last. Yeah. Fair. Somebody whose name on Instagram is it's not my wallet <laughs> asks, what moisturizer do you use speaking as a dry ass bitch? Oh, <laughs> that's that's a subscriber of mine for sure. <laughs> um, the moisturizer that I'm using right now is from uh, Ule Henriksen. Uh, I'm using the Transform one and I'm swapping it out like day to day with the Goodnight Glow moisturizer. So oh. back and forth between those two. Amazing. Okay, so we're going to do a little game of rapid fire. Your favorite Instagram filter right now? Aiden. Ooh, what's that one? It's uh, it's sort of like almost like a purpley kind of like warm. It's so nice. What was your first beauty product obsession? Oh, um, a lip gloss from Mac called Oyster Girl. Oh, what's topping your bucket list right now? Oh, it's all business related. Oh. I'd like to do, like my own brand is like really up there on my bucket okay. list. Okay, what's the most BC or Vancouver thing about you? That I exclusively wear, like I exclusively wear Lululemons. That's really <laughs> yes. Oh my god, it's horrible. Like I can't. Like I dressed up by wearing jeans for you. <laughs> um, so what's something that you'll never do again? Date. <laughs> I guess. Um, your all-time favorite number one skincare product. Hashtag not paid. Ooh, ooh. Oh, right now or like forever? Yeah, like your holy grail. Oh God. It changes so often. Ooh, I'd say Drunk Elephant, like TLC Framboose oh, Serum. Love that one. What's the next hair color you want to try? Oh, this is like just my worst nightmare. I, I want to change my hair all the time knowing I want to go back platinum blonde. <laughs> so that's like I'm literally every hairdresser's worst nightmare. Um, but I, 
I don't know. I'm really like liking just going solo right now because I, I want to keep it healthy. Yeah. What's on your hair top shelf? Oh, okay. So there's the salon that I go to here is called Axis and they have a product called More Oil. That's like my favorite hair oil of all time. And then recently, um, the Olaplex shampoo and conditioner. It's so good. It's like unbelievable. I've never experienced like a change in my hair like that from yeah. a shampoo and conditioner. Final question. How much was your last Sephora receipt? Oh, shit. Maybe 400. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's it. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was awesome. Thanks for tuning in. Visit BreakingBeautyPodcast.com for details on all the damn good products we talked about in today's episode. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That way you'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. You won't miss a single thing. Or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast fix. And please show us some love by rating us or reviewing us in iTunes. See you next time.